Hey, you've tuned into Geeky Leak Radio. Good luck. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. This could be the night of your life. Yeah. That's right. That happened. That happened right there. Boom. Three, two, one. Boom. Don't fuck around with that shit. All right. Another episode of VHS Gems. Yes. Special episode. Special episode. See, I told you, if we had a format, we wouldn't be willing to do these crazy shit. (laughs) Format? Who needs format? Right? Fuck format. Structure? That's what I said right off the bat. You were like, oh, maybe we'll do a format. Nah, fuck that shit. Yeah, all of a sudden there's a third person here. That's right. (laughs) Three people? Hey. That's what's up. And a dog? Jarvis. Oh no! <laughs> Thank you. You're just giving it to me. Yeah, now he's chasing his tail. <laughs> all right. All, all that excitement. What did we watch today? We okay. Well, well what did we watch for this um, session? <laughs> uh well, we our movie for this episode was Fright Night. Fright Night. Yes. 1985. <laughs> uh, Five? I think it was five. Damn it, I have Pretty it right. sure it was 85. It's all the same. <laughs> it's all the same. It's yeah, all the same it's, nonsense. It's right there. 1985. Boom. Okay. 1985, starring Chris Sarandon. Yes. Uh, and nobody else of note. Well, Amanda Burst. All right, that's true. Uh, so if you remember Darcy, yeah. Darcy from, from uh, Married with Children. Well, no, Marcy. Was Darcy was Marcy? her last name. When she married Jefferson. Marcy Darcy. Yeah, yeah. and they made that joke. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I do believe I remember that now. Okay, so we're here, VHS Gems, watching, talking about Fright Night from 1985. I'm Mitch. I'm Chris. And I'm Angela. That's right, Angela's <laughs> joining this? us. Yes. <laughs> She's actually watched... All three movies that we've watched so far with us, she might as well be on the podcast too. Wait, yeah, basically three movies. Well, what are you talking about? That might be the little up and comer at the end of this. Oh my! <laughs> Screwing with the format that we don't have. Oh, right. I see what's going on now. I was brought into this thirty seconds before we recorded. That's how we do it. It's gorilla. It's we true. just grab people off we the screen. Just 
Come with us. <laughs> Not if you want to live. If you want to, well, if you want to really live. That's right. <laughs> We show you how to live your life. Safety not guaranteed, though. <laughs> Took out a Craigslist ad. I've only done this one other time. <laughs> God, that movie's great. That movie... I enjoyed it a I lot. I had my problems with it, but... Understandably. It is good. It is good. <laughs> I do like all the actors in it. Well, now we're just getting way off We topic. are really off topic, so... <laughs> back to Fright Night. 1985. Chris Sarandon, Man of Burst. Um, other Roddy Powell, assorted. <laughs> I think that's what females. his name was. Here, I'll, I'll go through the list. We got um, William Ragsdale is Charlie Brewster, the the main protagonist. Amanda Burst is his girlfriend, and Amy. Uh, Roddy McDowell is Peter Vincent, the vampire killer. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Jeffries is Edward Evil Eddie Thomas. Oh, or Thompson, if you can read. And then there's Jonathan Stark as Billy Cole, basically the uh, butler to the vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry the vampire, Chris Sarandon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, as, as Chris was stating, um, pretty much Chris Sarandon's the only big star. You might remember him as Prince Humperdinck from The Princess Bride. Yes. Other than that. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no one. Not not too much other than that. Uh, I, I he had he, I mean he had obviously had a career. It's true. His first husband is Susan Sarandon, where she gets her name from, her last name. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Amanda Burst was on Married with Children. Yeah. William Ragsdale, who played Charlie Brewster, was on Herman's Head. For those who remember that '90s Fox t- sitcom. Which no one does. I remember it. I know Richard remembers it. He's talked about it at least three times on three different occasions. <laughs> um, Fox doesn't even remember that <laughs> show. Roddy McDowell. I have seen him in other things. Overboard was the thing I think I remember him the most for. He's yeah. The, he's Goldie Hawn's butler in that. That's what you told me, but that, I don't remember that him. That is what I told you. Then again, I haven't seen Overboard for like 20 years. <laughs> and Stephen Jeffries, I think, was kind of a big star. Well, not a big star, but he was an up-and-coming star in the 80s, late 80s. And uh, now he does, he does a lot of, it looks like a lot of little parts in movies, B-movies, C-movies. Uh, I do remember him from, I think, a one episode of a new Twilight Zone back then, uh, where he was like a kid who didn't understand why he was leaving his home and stuff, and then you find out that there are him and his parents are aliens or something like that. Huh. It was weird. It's the Twilight Zone. It yeah. was the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I was more of a fan of um outer limits yes outer limits <laughs> both are good they, they are, are both good <laughs> i do agree uh, we, we and we need more anthology shows now right uh, which you know amazing stories is supposed to be coming back at least that's what i heard or what i read nice so i wouldn't mind seeing that spielberg's amazing stories were pretty good usually uh, okay. Would you say amazing? I would. I didn't want to say amazing, but amazing's a pretty good word. Fair enough. <laughs> Aptly named. There you go. <laughs> so, what, okay, what's this movie about? Uh, vampires. Vampires. 
or a vampire. He creates other vampires. It's true. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the typical like somebody they uh, this kid finds out his next door neighbor's a vampire. Nobody believes him, so he has to like convince everybody that that he believe that there's a vampire next door and stuff. Basically, it with weird with weird window. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of like a yeah. It's a, it's another rear window movie. It's everybody tries to remake that movie with a different spin on it. It's true. We had Disturbia. Mm-hmm. We have uh, this movie. We I have... forgot about Disturbia. And that's almost <laughs> straight up rear window. That's exactly. Except that he's on like house arrest instead of has a broken leg. Exactly. I mean, I don't think you can have a sitcom without having one episode where. You do a rear window episode. True. Where you see something, or one of the uh, characters has broken their leg or has to stay inside the house and sees their neighbor do something bad. So, remaking that, they come up with an idea. Hey, what if instead of killing his wife, he sees the guy as a vampire? Once again, no one believes him. So, he has to take it upon himself to learn that... uh, uh, or figure out a way to to take care of this vampire problem in a world where vampires shouldn't exist. Very true in suburban, let's say Iowa. It seems like in like that. Didn't you say it was on the on something that you you caught? Uh, yeah, he had like a like a cup with like the Iowa Hawkeyes or whatever the hell they oh, are. Oh, okay. Like on his desk with pencils in it. So more than likely it's because it's his hometown or home state. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? It's Why the not? only thing that kind of pins down where this might be taking place. <laughs> so I jumped on it. So the way that we've been going so far is one movie was mine, one movie was yours as yeah. a pick. That Yeah. So Last time was... Well, last time was my pick. It was your pick. Oh, and this time was this your time pick. This time was my pick, but, but it was a movie that I knew you had watched. <laughs> I decided to steal one of your picks. That's right. So, I remember this movie as, as a child, because I'm, I'm assuming you didn't watch it. Again, I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> Two in a row. haven't seen them. And I remember liking it, because it's, it's, it's kind of campy. But it is still kind of okay. Campy. Okay, it's very campy. <laughs> but it was, you know, as a kid, it's a horror movie still. So it's, I mean, it does for practical get effects they get really good too. Yeah, yeah, they do. Like better than the the remake. I I think well, <laughs> the, the special effects. Practical effects. Are effects yeah. That's why we did. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, CGI hasn't quite come along as far enough to take out practical effects, but I'm guessing it's cheaper. It's why we usually see it more often. True, yeah. And you can do more. Yeah. It seems like you could do more more quickly. Right. And, yeah, it's going to take more time to do the makeup and the... Yeah. But there were great scenes in this original one. There were. I just right off the bat, I'll say that I didn't enjoy this movie until the very end. Then, like once everything is coming to a conclusion, I enjoyed it. Not because of what the movie was doing, but because of the effects and stuff. I thought that was really cool. 
wasn't until the end when you thought, oh, some of these effects are pretty cool. Well, that's when they just went ape shit with the effects. <laughs> well, I, I'm guessing that's where most of the budget went. Yeah. The last, like, ten minutes of the movie was, like, 90% of the budget. Yeah, it was like the person that wrote this also went on to do a Child's Play, I believe. Tom, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yes. the writer and director of this of this movie. New yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> he does share the name with the new Spider-Man. You're right. Share the name. He's the same guy. I'm starting that rumor. Is that what you're doing? He's He's lived long enough that he comes back as a child? That's right. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, Tom Holland. He's, he's, he seems like his credits all seem to be a lot of uh, horror movies and and things of such, like Slither and stuff. Slither? I'm pretty sure you said Slither was on his IMDb. I, I don't know. If, I don't remember. I don't remember that. But that's that's James Gunn. That is James Gunn. That was a different discussion. Never mind. <laughs> I remember Just, us talking about Slither. But well, yeah, I would totally assume at one point we were talking about that. But was, yeah, that was a different discussion altogether. Fair enough. We talk about a lot of movies and we, stuff. We do. So, uh, yes, Tom Holland would uh, go on to... Make such movies as, and I'm totally just stretching for time as I go through IMDb to get to what? Oh, um. <laughs> I'm sure no one could ever have picked up on that. No, not at all. So he did uh, directed episodes of Tales of the Crypt. He directed Child's Play, like Angela said. Tales from the Crypt. So like the the bloods come and yes, that's right. It's Tales of the Crypt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen King's Thinner, Masters of Horror, uh, Tom Holland's Twisted Tales. I wonder how he got that job. Seemed... Mm. Yeah, right? Seems like nepotism to me. I don't believe it. I don't believe it's his. Thinner, movie. the uh, prequel to The Machinist? <laughs> yes. Uh, but then he also, and he wrote, oh, this is the one that we found, we both found was kind of uh, hilarious, but he wrote Cloak and Dagger. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. All about a very imaginative little boy who Man. brings his toy into life. And what? <laughs> well, I mean, his toy is the little, the little, the little G.I. Joe-like character, and then he believes that he's in a CIA thing. I don't think we remember the same movie. Am I not remembering the same movie? What do you, what do you think Cloak and Dagger is about? It, it's about spies, but... No, I remember him, like, finding some secret dossier or something, and then he ends up, like, recruited into this CIA mission type thing where he has to be, like, a super spy. I don't... I think that's kind of what the story is, but it's... I think... I remember him referring to the toy a lot, so I'm thinking that it's all in his head. Hmm. A lot of it's in his head. Well, so we're gonna have to rewatch that movie. We definitely <laughs> are rewatching that movie. That would be a great episode. I mean, look at it, Cloak and Dagger. If I if I'm right, the toy comes to life inside the kid's head. Child's Play, the toy comes it's to true. life, <laughs> kills people. Yeah, I'm gonna go with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he, I mean, so he had he had a, a career, he did of sorts. Uh, he, yeah, 
I mean, he obviously is not doing not he, hard up. He has a cult following <laughs> for reasons. For reasons. <laughs> what else can you say about this movie? Oh God, I it's garbage. It's I'm garbage. sorry. Straight up garbage. God, man, I really didn't like this movie. It's just a typical '80s movie. I don't. Hey now. I don't dislike it. I can appreciate it, but like that is disparaging the rest of the gold that is on our list. <laughs> That's true. We are doing a lot of '80s. I mean, we are an '80s movie kind of podcast. But you're right. Here. It's 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 what was the the typical the 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 mean I guess you could say yeah. of what came out of the '80s. <laughs> Especially horror-wise, or horror-comedy-wise. And supposedly, this is probably one of the... Better ones? Not better. Well, uh, it did More win. successful Okay, movies. most successful. This is true. It, it, it did... It, box office-wise, it was quite successful. It had... Uh, it was like the second highest-grossing horror movie yes. in 85. Behind Freddy... Or Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Elm Street 2. Yeah. Which the Nightmare on Elm Street movies are just—they're uh, just gonna make a crap yeah, load of money. Exactly, and every year that that or every year they made a new one, it always did better than the previous one. But um, looking up the Wikipedia page, this movie and there were two uh, sequels, or was it just the one? Uh, a Fright Night? Yes, it's one sequel and one remake. Okay, yeah. But on the Wikipedia page, there's uh, awards, the Saturn Awards. They got they got nominated for best directing and best writing, uh, nominated for best actor for Chris Sarandon, and then won best supporting actor for Roddy McDowell and won best horror film. Those are a lot of things that I feel like shouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does have a huge cult following, and it was really great for 1985. Did? <laughs> Is it like a cult classic? I think to some people. What, Jarvis? Huh. What's over here? Okay. Here's your ball. Saturn Awards, right, right. So uh, it won. It won two Saturn Awards, nominated for six. Jesus. So I, I mean, what it, didn't it win then? <laughs> That's what I'm more interested in. <laughs> I, like, I, what were they like? Oh, you know, it's already got these awards. It doesn't need these two others. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then uh, critically wise and. It's Rotten Tomatoes, so take it as you as you will. Ninety one percent, holding at ninety one percent. My God, wow. <laughs> people like this movie. Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> is it 
Is it kind of like the room? Like it's so bad that it's good? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Probably. That could definitely be the one. But the remake is like at 73%. See, mm. they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, you think the remake should be higher? I do. Well... <laughs> Mm, no, because that's probably what I would have rated it when I saw it the first time in theaters, right. having not seen the original. the original. But now, after seeing the original, I appreciate the second one a lot more. It, okay, that's that's For fair reasons. enough. I don't so know. we were talking about uh, box office earlier. Friday night, fr- or Friday night, like <laughs> Fright Night. Widest release was fifteen hundred theaters. The film also turned out to be a surprise hit at the box office, making six. Million, uh, 6.1 million on opening weekend. So Jeez. on the 1500 theaters, it's an average of about four thousand dollars a theater. Well, and the budget mm. was only like nine million, right? So the, the and the budget being as, as low as it was makes it a, a huge domestic gross, yeah. So right there, you know, it's gonna be, look good for studios, so very true. And it, for a pretty simplistic. Uh, idea, I could see why. God, Jarvis, what is it? What? I don't know what you want. I don't see the ball over here. I don't know what I want either. <laughs> this ball? Oh, there's another one right there, but he wants that one. Yep. <laughs> Everybody thinks I'm a terrible dog owner because you just whine the whole time on the podcast. <laughs> Stop whining. He's <laughs> playing all along. So, okay. Charlie Brewster has his girlfriend, and Ed is, would he consider him his friend? I don't consider Ed a friend. <laughs> but he talks to him a lot in the movie. Yeah, like... It's true, but I don't know. It kind of seemed like Ed was that like person that thinks you're like his best friend, and he just like <laughs> follows you around being a dick. So hey man, you think you're like, ah, oh, I really can't stand you, but God, I'm just too nice to fucking <laughs> say something. Does he, does he, does Charlie consult with Ed a lot because Ed seems to know a lot about these type of things? He's got a real interest in the paranormal. It seemed like it. He's just willing to believe it because he's just, just as kind of creepy and crazy. (laughs) But then again, he was also probably like the most skeptic. Like he held out the longest before, you know, the proof was there that this guy was a vampire. True. So it's kind of like he's a... Uh, Mulder from X Files. He yeah. wants to believe, but he's the most, he's a skeptic. I don't know. Does that work? Yeah, I haven't watched X Files in a while. I haven't I watched X Files. So. <laughs> All right, I watched like yeah. one episode. There were rats like eating people f- out of the toilet. It was weird. I was like, ah, I'm good. Rats coming up out of the toilet, eating people from through their asshole. I have I have oh, enough God. problems when I'm taking a shit. I don't need to have to worry about that. Oh, too. that was a nightmare of mine one time. That was a dinosaur. Anyway, <laughs> I always remember there's the there's that one really terrible, terrible uh, like 
B Skinamax movie called uh, Danger Beach or something like that, mm-hmm. where there's a snake that comes up through the toilet. <laughs> so like a giant anaconda. Jeez. <laughs> so I always have to remember that. Um, off topic once again. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, let's see. So, how does it hold up? Obviously, you didn't like it. True. So, not a not a good movie for modern times, or just not a good story in general, or all of the above. All of the above. <laughs> I think the way, like how it can be too, and that a lot of people like that, and kind of in this, this day day and age where, like, as in the remake, it's more dark and uh, and just dark and more kind of atmospheric right. like a like a horror movie mm-hmm. though i think that it the original was like much more kind of trying to like groundbreaking than this one in and it could be just because of the there was no pg-13 rating at that time but there was boobs and, it's true. There and were boobs. There were 80s the gr- movie. Gratuitous <laughs> boobs in the, in the, in the original. <laughs> gotta have a boob shot. <laughs> and somebody's gotta say, like, fuck or something once. Yeah. And in the beginning, it was like, you know, the um, Charlie and Amy were, you know, were almost gonna, like, have sex. And, like, she was, she was kind of, like, unsure if she wants to do it because, you know, oh, I'm a clean cut girl and stuff and I'm sure back then it was kind of like kind of not controversial but something like right no no you're right it's, it, especially the moving going audience would have been more uh, supportive of her being virginal or pure or whatever you want to yeah. call it uh, yeah, there, and if you haven't figured it out yet we watched the remake of this movie to go along <laughs> with right. watching yes. this movie <laughs> But in the original, they the whole the two of them having sex or not having sex is played off a lot more than it is in the in the remake. Yeah, like it's just it's like kind of no big deal now. Even like if it's just in our mindset now that you know it's we've seen all this before or whatever. And that's very true. And I, I mean, they don't really talk about the fact that they hadn't done it before mm. that much in this remake. Chris seems to be very puzzled by what yeah, we're talking cause, about. Yeah, because they, like, they both kind of have a scene that sort of hinges on that. When, uh, spoilers, but, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're going to get spoilers anyway. I mean, these so. movies are yeah. over five years old. <laughs> yeah, well, right? 2011 for, uh... The remake, but... So, in both of these movies, Amy gets turned. Right. And then, like, because they haven't had sex yet, Amy is all like, oh, you know, like, I'm gonna make turn you into a vampire, and then, you know, you can give me the business forever kind of deal. <laughs> but, in the original, they, they're very much... Uh, Alluded to the fact that Amy and Charlie are both virgins in that movie. Whereas right. in the remake... They made it Ed, seem like maybe Amy wasn't. Yeah. Right, because Ed even just comes right out and says, She's a skank, you know, she's been with other dudes. Mm-hmm. Not that that's true. Right. But there's no, she doesn't, there's no conversation of them not 
her not having sex, right. as in the original. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying that in the original, I mean, this, even the scene where they're about, that Angela's talking about, where they're about to have sex for the first time, goes on a lot longer than it does in this movie. True. Or in the, in the remake. And, well, and it's, like, completely different. But, I mean, that's probably more because of where it falls in the story. This is true. Because Charlie just is not having it at all in the remake. <laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever, I don't have time for this. Like, because it there's vampires. In the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Where the thick of uh, the drama that's happening. Right. Whereas in the, in the original, it's, very, it's at the it's beginning. It's very beginning. Charlie is very much pushing for this to happen. But then his curiosity takes over about his neighbor. Right. Birthday cake that said "Happy <laughs> Birthday, Dad." Sure, there were. <laughs> or maybe that was Jarvis. <laughs> Happy Birthday. <laughs> so that I mean, I mean, obviously, this is the times are different. 1985 is very different from 2011. We uh, whole teenagers and having sex is still a hot button topic, but treated differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I'm going to say this, in the 1985 version, those guys are like over 30 playing teenagers. Yeah, they are clearly, (laughs) clearly adults (laughs) trying to be teenagers. Not that Anton Yelchin looks a lot like a teenager either, but he looks more like a teenager. (laughs) I can believe Anton Yelchin is a teenager way easier than I can believe those guys. Like, they're shaving between takes. (laughs) Fair enough. Trimming their ear hair and shit. (laughs) So 91% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. How do you? I mean, where do you usually take Rotten Tomatoes like as like their ratings? I usually don't. I, I, think I don't even. I usually disregard them completely. <laughs> Haven't been on that site since two thousand seven. I mean, I I usually I'll bring up the number for things all the time, but I I'll, I I don't I disregard them as soon as I t- say the number mm-hmm. because I don't know. It seems like the the way that they crowdsource, I guess. The, the rating could be really biased. It a is lot very of the time, biased. I completely disagree with them. So, like, whatever they say, I think the opposite. So, when they're like, oh, this movie's terrible, I'm usually like, all right, it's probably a pretty decent. <laughs> something I'm gonna I'll like. go watch it. <laughs> but then there's other things that are just universal, like Fantastic The Avengers. Four. That they're like, oh yeah, that was that was a really good movie. It's a big movie. You're it's right. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Yes, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it, so it has to be good. Exactly. I, I get. I get you. <laughs> Differences between the the remake and the and, and the original. I I have to say that there's a very strong different. Like okay, so the original has. Jerry the Vampire kind of being a lot more European and, uh, you know, old school vampire, Bram Stoker kind of vampire, I think. 
Yeah. Not that he's wearing robes or anything, but he's he's more classic. Like, Damn near it, though. Exactly. <laughs> he's wearing like yeah. a trench coat and this huge <laughs> scarf and all kinds of stuff. But then uh, Jerry the Vampire in the 2011 remake, played by Colin Farrell, is very much t-shirt jeans, you know, front part of the t-shirt tucked in to see the belt buckle. Yeah. Very pale, very great hair. It's in the mist of Twilight. Twilight. Very Twilight <laughs> vampire. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. I kind of liked that more because it's more believable. That he could blend in? That, yeah. Whereas, like, just looking at Jerry the Vampire in the original, I'm like, mm, something's off with that dude. <laughs> I think he might be a vampire. <laughs> and then people will look at you like, Oh, yeah, I can see yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, you know what? You have some points there. He's either a vampire or a magician, and either way, I don't want him in my neighborhood. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's always got fog coming off of his house. What the shit is that? What kind of weird stuff is that, man? I mean, that's what, like, the other thing was the, the house in the original one that Jerry the Vampire buys is so gothic out, like, in its decor already. He supposedly bought this house pre-furnished. Yeah. It's got a giant stained glass window in the middle of it. Whereas in this the remake, it's very much a subdivision uh, yeah. you know, paint by numbers houses. Yeah. All of them look mm-hmm. the same. Even like the house uh, Charlie's house compared to Jerry's house it almost looks the same and it's within 4 feet of each other. Like right. he could literally touch the other window from your from uh, Charlie's window. Which is the terrible thing about subdivisions. <laughs> Man, 1985 to 2011. Watching that movie, I was like, you could fit another house in there. <laughs> there was a lot of distance. <laughs> Everybody has two-story houses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what both both movies. <laughs> that's true. And basements. Yeah. Two stories plus basements. God. But that's what, I mean, they did a better job in the, in the remake of having the vampire be more... Uh, Inconspicuous, right? Yeah, Hide, hiding it. the fact that he's a vampire, and it works out because it's in Las Vegas as opposed opposed to some no name city in Iowa. Yep, because mm-hmm. so you know he he has the backstory of he he works construction in the middle of the night, so that's why he sleeps during the day, and you know which makes sense because lots of things are always going on in Las Vegas. It's true, especially all, at night. All yeah, yeah. especially at night. Really. <laughs> <laughs> The city of sin at night. <laughs> um, other differences: we evil Eddie in the original is pretty much uh, kind of a douche throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he. It's not till about the middle of the movie that he gets changed into a vampire. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he gets uh, singled out. But in this one, played by uh, Christopher Mintz Plotz. He is very much concerned. He's he's more of a, hey, come help me out, Charlie. We haven't been friends in a while, but uh, our other friend has disappeared, and I think your next door neighbor is a vampire. Yeah, they kind of switched roles roles in the story, mm-hmm. Charlie and Eddie, between the remake and the original. Mm-hmm. Like in the original, Charlie's the one that's like, hey, man, like shit's going down. You need to help me out. Like this is weird. And Eddie's just like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're weird. <laughs> That's dumb. The his motive kind of changed too, as why he's attacking um, Charlie. 
because wasn't it in the remake in the original? He was well at first, like he didn't believe it, and then when he got turned, he uh, was like on Jerry Jeremy's side, the yes. vampire side, right? But now he, with the Christopher Mintz Plast character, it's kind of like oh he. Um, Charlie has been neglecting me. Now he has his girlfriend and all this these new friends. Right now he has this motive to like kind of get back at him in a way, yeah. while also being on you know on with Jerry's side. side. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's it's very much the playing off the fact that their relationship hadn't been good. I thought it was kind of more believable from that standpoint. Yeah, yeah, like it seems kind of abrupt that. Eddie is just like, I'm going to kill you now. Like, <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, and, and Christopher Mintz Plotz actually did a really good job, like, playing the two different sides, being yeah. the nerdy old best friend and then now the new vampire that still keeps some of his nerdiness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that Eddie better than the Eddie in the original. Because <laughs> now that was so overreacting. Like, oh, hey, god. oh my god, yes, it's gonna... <laughs> See that, Charlie? Oh my. And then you can hear his laugh, like, three blocks away. Because yeah. he's just so loud and obnoxious oh, about everything. Oh my god, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, there, yeah, there's the difference with that. Um, Peter Vincent character... We have old school, he used to be a uh, vampire killer movie star, I think. Uh, like Vincent Price. Vincent Price kind of star where he made a certain type of movie, but he was never, he never got as big as, as Vincent Price, so right. he, uh, he now travels from city to city going to local stations to host a Fright Night, late Friday night kind of uh, horror movie show where he just talks about his old movies. Right. And plays them. And like what was that Bill it was like uh Billy Bob's movies or old movies. I don't know. There was used to be I remember when I was a kid there was used there used to be a show where they where they did that. But I I don't think it was like a local show, it was syndicated on right. cable. Either way, he is that type of star quotes Mm-hmm. Um, but he does have a lot of this knowledge through osmosis, being near the stuff. So uh, Charlie Prewster goes to him to try and figure out a way to kill Jerry the Vampire. Right. Whereas in the remake, he's kind of like a Chris Angel magician <laughs> on the Las Vegas yeah. Strip. He does a show called Fright Night where like, he... Is like kind of fighting vampires with magic tricks. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. exactly with with illusions and <laughs> and it's it's all actresses playing the vampires. It's all very over sexualized yeah. and mm-hmm. and all kinds of of craziness. But once again, you find out that well, this time you go around and you find you find out that he, as a child, actually had an encounter with a vampire. Right. Uh-huh. And you pointed out that... It, it is like the plot of the sequel to Fright Night, the original one. So Fright uh-huh. Night 2, the sequel, which we didn't watch, but we, we read the synopsis. We did read the synopsis, which was that Charlie has to be convinced this time that vampires exist... And that they need to take care of vampires. I think it was... Um, it's his college roommate. I think Peter college. Vincent is the one that has to convince him. Right. 
And um, so, yeah, like, Charlie kind of rationalized it, like, oh, no, like, it was just a serial killer. Like, Everything it, that I went it wasn't through in the a first vampire, movie it was just yeah. a really weird serial killer. Yeah, because, you know, serial killers catch on fire when they hit sunlight. Vampires yeah. don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely don't, like, turn into a giant bat and burst into flames and then... <laughs> All kinds of crazy stuff happens. So, so the Peter Vincent in the remake says that as a child, his his mother and father were killed by a vampire, and he was left alive for whatever reason. And he rationalized it in himself that it was all just uh, a terrible accident or a serial killer or whatever. Right. And Charlie now has re- has brought it back to him that he needed to remember that vampires are real. Yeah. So he still goes to him for answers, though. He goes to him for answers to find out uh, how to kill Jerry the Vampire. And once again, Peter Vincent does not believe him. He's like, ah, vampires aren't real. We, you know, there's... But in the original, in, in the original, he, he, his friends, Charlie's friends, pay the actor Peter Vincent to come to Jerry's house to uh, do a vampire test. Right. The only mm. one that Jerry the Vampire would agree to is to drink some holy water because he said it's actually just tap water. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that I was expecting, and I'm pretty sure you said the same thing, that he that Peter Vincent would have actually got the water blessed. Right. He should have. Just, just, <laughs> just because he didn't believe that the guy was a vampire anyway. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. Like, right. That would have been a great, like, little turn in the story. <laughs> but no, they didn't do it. But instead, the way that they reveal to Peter Vincent that Jerry the Vampire is actually a vampire is he doesn't cast a reflection in the mirror. Right. Uh-huh. You ever think about all these, like, uh, little myths about vampires and how they got started? Like, why is it that garlic works on vampires instead of onions? Why a wooden steak instead of silver, like a werewolf? Well, like, the the garlic one, uh, from my understanding, like, mosquitoes and stuff like that that, like, bites you, if you eat a lot of garlic, like, they don't they pester you as much. Because the, the odor is, is, yeah. is present in your blood or whatever. Right. Okay. So, mm-hmm. mosquitoes, also bloodsuckers, yeah. would work off the same idea, or mm-hmm. vampires would work off the same idea. Mirrors, probably because of uh, vampires shouldn't have a soul anymore, so thus you wouldn't see the, their reflection because yep. mirrors are your soul. Same reason why you don't they don't capture them in cameras. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, sunlight. Just <laughs> evil doesn't like the sun. I think it's, it's another way of to keep the kids in the house at night. <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, wooden stakes and because they were readily thing av- available. Yeah, makes sense. That's yeah, what I like always in, thought. Yeah, like in old times, there's no, nothing else but wood and wood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, a, a poor family could afford to have a wooden stake, not a silver uh, bullet or whatever, you know. And always yeah. go for the heart, you know, source of source, source of, of life. life. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um. <laughs> Stake through the heart is going to kill pretty much anything. <laughs> As we learned, <laughs> my best friend's a vampire. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I think is, is funny to think about all those, like, old mon- old monsters and what, what it is that kills them or, you know, where trace it back to yeah. uh, its origination. Um, I did have something else I was going to say right now, but I don't remember what it was. So, skip on to the next thing. You failed this <laughs> podcast. Oh, damn it. Oh. 
Stephen Amell, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Would you recommend this to someone? I would recommend this if the stipulation was that they were going to watch the remake right afterwards. (laughs) Right afterwards. Uh, Well... (laughs) Do you, Within reason. I guess, okay, another question would be, do you, either one of you have any, like, uh, inclination to go watch Fright Night 2 now? Kind like, of, but it's kind of like a masochistic response, like, I've already gone this far, <laughs> I can deal with that pain. Yeah, kind of, yeah, like. <laughs> it's almost like a, like a morbid curiosity thing, I just, right. I want to know. There's more of the story out there. I just want to know what the story is so yeah. I can say I've seen it. Exactly. Yeah, I get you. You just got to finish it. That's kind of what I feel too. <laughs> I mean, that's not like I'm really going to go out of my way to watch it. Yeah. But if it was like readily available right at my fingertips, I probably would. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it didn't come up when we were looking for uh, Fright Night, which is readily available. We had no problem finding that to play. True. And the remake is the same. That's also readily available, but I mean, that's only four years old at this point. Very true. Um, I'm trying to think. What else can we say about this movie? Oh, oh. Uh, so the part, the part that I did enjoy with um, Fright Night the very end they start throwing out like all kinds of puppets and stuff for these like monsters and i thought that was really cool because i always enjoy like puppets in movies whether it's like the main characters or like monsters i just like character design and stuff like that so when we we're watching it at one point uh jerry turns into a bat like this huge gruesome bat and flies (laughs) at charlie and i was like holy crap like that looks just like zool like the dogs from fucking uh ghostbusters (laughs) and then after the movie was over we were looking on the imdb page at the trivia and stuff and you said that a lot of the same people that worked on the creatures also worked on ghostbusters for their creatures right and that even that specific bat was gonna be used in ghostbusters that's right but they thought it was too scary (laughs) so they didn't use it in ghostbusters and instead used it got used in this this movie movie. so i thought that was cool there was a a subplot that was in the original movie that didn't make it to the remake. Oh my god! And we both we, we both have noticed that in it's because Chris Sarandon wanted there to be this subplot where Amy was kind of the re- reincarnation of one of his older loves. Uh. So there was a painting of a girl that looked just like her in his house. Yeah, like even Charlie is going through these paintings and he's like Amy, like for whatever reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it was like. It just didn't have any substance. Like, it, they just mentioned it once, and then, like, towards the end, they're like, oh, yeah, she looks like like my long-lost love or, right. or something. So and nothing happens of it. Yeah. And it's completely it, random. We don't know about the girl. Like, if we, like, got, like, oh, she was, like, his the love of his 
his life and like she died terribly or something right or you know maybe she was the one that turned him originally mm-hmm. you know? yeah it, it and it doesn't make its way into the remake um from thankfully what, from what it sounds like it was chris sarandon's way of trying to bring some more substance to his character yeah but mm. it, who was... knows how much was in there that just got cut for whatever reason well what we got was very much like oh i drew this box on a piece of paper here, let me put like a little bit of shading on it. See, it's three dimensional now. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh my gosh, the three D in the remake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was around the time when every movie was trying to do a three. Well, I mean, every movie does a three D thing now. True, but that yeah. was like at the beginning of the re-emergence of three D. So yep. every other scene had something that would, for Fly no reason, kind you. of pop yeah. towards the camera. <laughs> That was probably going to be was supposed to be in 3D if we watched it in the theater. T-shirts. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I'm going to catch it. An arrow with a giant arrowhead for some reason. <laughs> a ridiculous arrowhead. So yeah, there was there's all kinds of weird things with the remake as well. Yeah. Um, I thought, and I brought this up while we were watching because the evil Eddie character uh, jumps into a pool or falls into a pool and is being chased by Jerry the Vampire. And he has all these other weapons that he was going to use against the vampire because he was ready. He had like a couple of stakes and a couple crucifixes. Well, he had whatever that stuff was in the bag too that he had to yeah, leave behind. Yeah, that's true. We didn't see what all was in the bag. Because baby Franco chased him. What's in the bag? <laughs> so I'm saying if he had a vial of holy water on him and he dumped it in the pool, <laughs> I think the whole pool would be blessed. It would have worked against the vampire. That, that's not how that works, though. <laughs> I can't comment. But I mean, like, even if that was, like, we saw Jerry just be like, oh, yeah, your crucifix, that hurts like shit. I, my hand is on fire, but I don't give a shit. Yeah, but <laughs> that. But we see the girl throw the, the, the holy water into his face, and that worked quite well. That's true. So it also uh, looked like it was in the fucking chalice of life, though. <laughs> so that's extremely holy water. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the cup of a carpenter, but <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. So other things about this uh, this original movie, there are apparently a, a documentary being made, 2015. Uh, producer Gary Smart, the documentary film. You're so cool, Brewster. The story of Fright Night. Oh my god, <laughs> we have to watch this. <laughs> Why not? I, I, I mean, I think oh, it'd be perfect. Wow. I feel like I'm really gonna hate myself for saying that, but we have to watch this. <laughs> this is like sounding. This, these movies are sounding like a big deal to me now. Why has <laughs> he never heard of it before? I mean, I've heard like the remake. I never heard of the original. Right, and um, I just. I felt like that movie, the remake, just came and went. It did. And it so, totally did. It went right under the radar. And I, I remember watching it the first time around, the, yeah. the remake, and just thinking, I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was, eh. Yeah, it, was it another, wasn't anything spectacular. Plus, it was another yeah. another vampire movie in a long line of vampire movies that we were having. True. Mm-hmm. There were so many vampire movies out. Now it's all zombie movies, kind of. Yeah. That's true. But uh, it just didn't play anything. So... There is also a third... Oh, well, the only thing that I thought... I thought, the, and of course, being biased because I'm a Doctor Who fan, 
David Tennant was the best part of that movie. Absolutely. <laughs> he totally was. What are you talking about? I mean, you're also a Doctor Who fan, so I it's would true. say that you're biased as well. Probably. But he was hilarious. He was. He was pretty, He was great. It's a great mixture between Russell Brand and uh, Chris Angel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, apparently, there's a third movie. Oh a third God. film. From all accounts, McDowell relished playing Peter Vincent and was eager to bring Holland back to the franchise. So he had set up a meeting for himself and Holland with Carolco Pictures, Chairman Jose Menendez, to discuss making Fright Night Part 3. Unfortunately, before that meeting could occur, Menendez and his wife were infamously murdered by their sons, Lyle and Eric. The Menendez brothers oh, are awesome. a direct reason why there is no Fright Night Part 3. Dang. Not only did this put the kibosh on another sequel, it also interfered with the release of Fright Night Part 2, which attained extremely limited theatrical distribution before being dumped on home video by Carol Coe's subsidiary, Live Entertainment. See? Wow. That's why we can't find the sequel. <laughs> Because the Menendez brothers. Goddamn Menendez brothers. Oh. <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't mean to laugh at a, a tragedy, but... The, the, the sequence of events is funny. It is. It's comical. Uh, see, there's comic books between 1988 and 1993. Now Comics published 27 Fright Night comic books. The original film was adapted as the first two issues of the series. Friday Night 2 was adapted as a standalone graphic novel, which was not canonical with the series. And the rest of the issues consisted of original stories following the further exploits of Peter Vincent and Charlie Brewster, who teamed up to battle a vast array of vampires and monsters. Amy Peterson and Billy Cole only appeared in the first two issues, but Evil Ed... Uh, returned to become a constant foil, and Jerry Dandridge was ultimately resurrected and had just begun to amass an army of Parisian vampire prostitutes when the company filed for bankruptcy and the production was abruptly halted in 1990 with issue 22. After Corporation restructuring a series of four annual 3D issues were released between 1992 and 1993, three of which were 3D print reprints and one was which was previously unpublished story. Now, wow. <laughs> yeah. The comic books also so the comic books also have Evil Ed as the antagonist uh, which we saw we when we were reading about the the sequel also has Evil Ed as as, as the antagonist. Right. For all accounts and purposes it seemed like Evil Ed dies in that first movie. He changes yeah. into a wolf. Peter Vincent stabs him. With a wooden stake. Ostensibly through the heart. Right. Is, is that where they went wrong? Like, Didn't he, like, stab him, like, like even to the left of him? Like, where everybody thinks you... Your heart should be? should be, because you put your hand over your heart, but... It's more towards the middle and stuff? It's towards the middle. I'm guessing that's what they're trying to say. That he didn't really get him in the heart. And at, at the end of the, the original, you hear Eddie's stupid laugh... Faintly, but you can fucking hear that thing. It's like nails on a chalkboard. It cuts through everything. So I, I guess I mean that's why because when we were watching it, 
you, you see him change from the wolf form back into a human form, or into his vampire form, then to his wolf human form. Yeah. And then he kind of just dies. Right. Or what you think dies. And we even said, these vampires don't dust. Yeah, he didn't ash <laughs> yeah. or anything. So like, the, it's just a bloodied body with a fucking <laughs> wooden... Like leg of a table or something sticking through his through his chest. chest. <laughs> yeah, they just could have thought he was murdered. You yeah, know, I mean, and he's a teenager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and like clearly affiliated with that family. <laughs> so like, it just looks bad for Charlie <laughs> after this. So I mean, uh, yeah, I guess maybe Evil Ed was smart enough to act like he was dead right there in front of Peter Vincent. Yeah, it seems like he it. did act well. I mean, Jerry certainly well. fucking dusted. <laughs> he, he exploded. He did. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> to light and all kinds of crazy stuff. That's true. So there's also novelizations of this book, and there's a video game. My God, wow. there's a video game. <laughs> An arcade-style computer game was released by Micro Deal in 1988 for Amiga commuter- computers. Oh my God! <laughs> in the game, players assume the role of Jerry Dandridge as he attempts to turn his victims into vampires before sunrise. So wow. you're the vampire. I, <laughs> I I totally retract my statement that it's not a this movie's not a cult classic. <laughs> or, I, or I didn't think so. Now I know. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, apparently a lot to do with this movie, and a lot of peripherals, and I think for the Amiga. God, the Amiga. I'm gonna look for this. I'm positive I'll be able to find it somewhere. I think the only thing that this my God. this thing this movie is missing is a uh, adaptation for a Saturday morning cartoon, right? <laughs> Which is weird because they were making Saturday cartoons about everything. Everything. Around this time. <laughs> so yeah, I would only imagine Charlie and Jerry went on adventures and right to like <laughs> ancient civilizations or something like that <laughs> in that Saturday morning cartoon. Just bombing around in time. <laughs> like, hey, you remember like, when I tried to kill you in your bedroom? Ah, it's whatever, man. Deal. We're cool. Let's you showed go me have the Egyptian pyramids. <laughs> Even gets its own catchy little tune. I like it. Yeah. Or, they're, or they're like fucking uh, Mystery Inc. They go around like <laughs> debunking <laughs> other vampires and stuff. The whole idea is that they are trying to... They're, they're saying that vampires aren't real when there's actually a vampire on the team. My God. If Tom Holland hears this, this <laughs> might happen. This very much might happen. Oh, okay. Um, I think one of the things that we need to do is go and see what's... I mean, seeing as how this is such a cult classic that we've learned, what are some of the five-star reviews for this movie? Oh, my God. And what do they have to say? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So we have uh, on Google Play, uh, which has an average rating of 4.7 oh. uh, of this movie. God. Jamie O with a five-star review says, A favorite. I love this movie. There's just something about it. I love the vamp Jerry. The way he is in it, the whole cast is great. Sexy dance scene at the club. Whoa. I just watched the part. I just watched that part sometimes. Whoa. <laughs> We're getting a peek um, into Jamie's life here. Jamie really, really enjoyed man. this movie. Jamie didn't know she's, she was going to... That comment was going to be read. That's <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's out there. It's on the internet. And it's now it's in the podcast. Sorry, verse. Jamie. <laughs> uh, Lawrence Gaines. Five-star review. 
an unmissable 80s classic. It's like if Steven Spielberg made a vampire movie with awesome gore and practical effects. How dare you? <laughs> I didn't even catch his name. Lawrence Gaines. How dare you, Lawrence? <laughs> I feel like he just slapped me in the face with his glove. <laughs> All right, I'll give you one of the two one-star reviews. Oh, yes. One-star review from... Uh, I swear to God, if it's like, I would have given this movie a five star, but it's in SD. Frowny face. Ginny Elizabeth Ectum. I don't know if that's what you also go by on the internet, Chris. But It is, actually, it oddly enough. Disappointed. Or <laughs> disappointed. As Kevin Sorbo would yes. say. I purchased this movie over two years ago. Volume wasn't working, so I took off phone to re-download and it's no longer available you want me to repurchase so unfair for amount of movies i've bought out of google so basically just oh, talk just man google. it's a tech <laughs> Damn it. See? i said it <laughs> i'm sorry she uh didn't have anything to say about the um, I was upset actual movie. with technical things, frowny <laughs> face. There's always some of those. <laughs> We're talking about content here, people. Right? Review the content. <laughs> Not the service. Well, there. I mean, there you go. I think that's what we have to say about Fright Night from 1985. Oh, no, no, no. I still have more. Oh, oh damn. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so apparently Chris Sarandon just was not having any of this for his character. He was like, I'm just going to be a vampire. Can't have that. So he had the brilliant idea that uh, apparently, since he's part bat, he would be part fruit bat. That's right. <laughs> so he's just munching on fruit throughout the whole Constantly. movie, <laughs> which makes it into the, remake. Makes it into the remake. <laughs> yes, I didn't even think about that when we were watching the remake. Yeah, so I was like, apple. Oh, <laughs> Colin Farrell is constantly eating fruit in that movie. Yep. Yeah, always apples too. Now always apples. Because Cinema Sins would tell you if you want to look like an asshole, eat an apple on screen. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, I think now yeah, we've now said everything we've say everything about this <laughs> movie. Um, I, you know what? This movie was brought to me uh, as a young child by my older stepbrother, so maybe that's where I get some of the nostalgia feel from. Fair enough. Obviously, you know, going back and rewatching movies, uh, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> but as we found out, that's a very big cult classic, so maybe that's why the, re- the remake didn't do so well when in all accounts it really was a better movie i definitely enjoyed it the second time around yeah so uh when we've already said we would recommend this movie just to someone who had that kind of weird uh wanting to watch type of movie like this type of movie yeah i i mean you wouldn't just go up to a random person and be like you know what you really need to see (laughs) No, no. 1985 fright night yeah I, i mean i also wouldn't be like, hey, don't ever watch this movie. It's garbage. <laughs> I mean, I would, but... <laughs> but don't let me stop you. Yeah, like, if you want to watch this movie, cool. Go right ahead. <laughs> you might enjoy it. I don't know. I, th- I think it's like you said, that it's a nostalgia thing. So if somebody watched it when they were younger, 
they probably feel that that connection to it, and that's why they like it because it reminds them of their of their childhood. Their childhood, yeah, yeah, fair enough. So it could be go either way if they if they're gonna like it or not because it's totally you know outdated. But but you know if you're into that stuff, then and there are a lot of people that are into that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> All right, so what movie are we doing next time? I believe we're doing Mac and Me, which was a personal favorite. I used to watch that movie all the time when I was little. Let's see how this holds Let's up. Let's see how this holds up. I am... I don't believe there's a remake to watch with this. No. <laughs> I, I think Fright Night is the only one on our list It probably is. has sequels and or a remake. <laughs> I think it's the only one, oddly enough. Can I read the synopsis on IMDb yes. for Mac and B? Oh my All god. Alright. It says, a mysterious alien creature, parentheses, Mac, question mark, and parentheses, trying to escape from NASA, is befriended by a young boy in a wheelchair. Is that me? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Mac is indeed the alien. <laughs> Can get rid of that question mark. <laughs> All right. So if you have never seen Mac and Me or you have watched Mac and Me, go ahead and, you know, give it another watch while we give it a watch. Send us in some questions. Send us in some uh, uh, comments that you would like us to talk about on the next podcast. If I can get this one up in time. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, check out uh, our Facebook page or uh, uh, Geek Elite Radio on Facebook, yeah. at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, and GeekEliteRadio.com. On Twitter, I am at Agent underscore of the underscore bat. I love it every time. Every time it <laughs> makes people crack up, and that's fine with me. Angela, w- uh, would you like to be found on, uh, on Twitter? Um, yeah, I guess I have to look up my... Ah, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, it is, basically, it's Flowery Tales, but it's spelled F-L-W-R, and then Wreath Tales, W-R-E-A-T-H-T-A-L-E-S. Because fuck O's. (laughs) (laughs) No one's got time for O's. Nah. (laughs) And Chris... As we've said many times on many different podcasts, your your Twitter is, but you're not going to ever be there. Yeah, go ahead and follow me if you want. <laughs> I I might say something like once a year, but you know, whatever. Still send uh, Wizard. It's www.yzerd. See, you guys give me all the crap about the underscores of mine, but at least mine spell the way that they're so, they sound. Yeah, but see, ours is so much easier because it, it doesn't have all the... Where does the underscore go? Okay, it's after each word? No, it's, it's almost not, after each it's word. Almost after each but word. then there's like the one little the. part that's together, so... Of the is one word. I don't know what you're talking about. You've just got like crazy rules in yours. <laughs> Like, you have to have a fucking, like, addendum that's 50 pages long. Like, oh, God, how do I remember how well, to fucking spell this? Today's the 14th, so I believe the umlaut goes over the E. And it's going to be, like, always a gag at the end of every podcast. Yes, exactly. It's always going to be a gag. we got to laugh at you on the Twitter handle. <laughs> So, uh, until next time, which is Mac and me. Yes. I'm Mitch. I'm Chris. I'm Angela. Saying geek out.
We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.